Welcome in, Temple Faithful, to Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling, the only podcast on the Marshland Media Network Empire conglomeration, detailing episode by episode, beat by beat, and sweat by sweat, Lucha Underground. We are on Season 2, Episode 15, No Mas. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Sean. Hey, how you doing? With me, as always, is the other host of this podcast series. It's James. Yeah. Who, 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 who? Hey guys, this needs to be a shorter episode today because yet again, just put me on the schedule if you're always gonna have me come in on Sundays. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have I relate. a little bit of bookkeeping <laughs> up front. Just okay. one thing. Over on patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, that's M-L-M-P-O-D, you can listen to Sean and I do a super high watch along of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this was a very silly day. We watched Blue Collar Comedy Tour, the 2003 seminal comedy special and we had very different takeaways i I was gonna say was it a (laughs) silly day it was for one of us i had a very silly day wait did you wait which one had the silly day uh you were vehemently angry while (laughs) watching along to this it's a very bad special and i want to be very clear that i don't think in 20 in 2024 two-fifths of it's bad i think everything that's not ron white is very bad but you know what you guys can listen along and watch yourselves and make your own opinions i will say as much as i shed on it i did it with love and from a place of joy because i got to spend the day with my good friend james yeah, yeah. I need to like listen back to it because I want to make I am a little worried that I was more mean than fun. If you're deep into me and James's podcasting lore, that this would be a repeat of the Veggie Pals podcast series where James thought it would be a funny idea. Like, hey, let's watch Veggie Tales and just like make some goofs. And then I got real serious about Christian propaganda in the 21st century. Uh, too serious. It's like, well, you, I don't think serious enough. You understand it's two adults, one who like mm-hmm. loves Satan and then the yeah. other one who's no longer in the faith at all, at least that, or at least in the religion. I'm, pre- I'm pretty in the faith still. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's I mean, why that's, I said that's in the pro- religion. Yeah, we're going to get into the episode, but that is my problem with it, is that I am still in the faith, and that Christian propaganda like this fucking makes it very difficult because it weaponizes faith into a political party. Um, I truly saw jokes. none of that in these Veggie Tales episodes, guys. There, it's just there. It's just them telling you. the stories. It's all parable, baby, teaching us to be good individuals. I wish that's what it was. Unfortunately, it was not. You got to come over and do the two-parter, like, Jesus, our Savior, that episode of Bible Man. It's a two-parter. Oh yeah, no. I'm <laughs> James, you keep inter- you keep bringing me over for all this very like heated, possibly problematic material. I'm gonna come at it. Unfortunately, there's nothing problematic in Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling this week as we enter episode 15 of season two. No Moss. Whole lot of stuff. Kind of the opposite from last week. Last week we had two very long matches. No backstage stuff. This week is one pretty long match. A lot of really short matches and a whole lot just going down. Hell yeah, brother. I was about to start reading my notes for Critters. That's not what that is. It's a different show. No moss is also in your Buffalo accent would be you telling your parents you're no longer attending church services. 
That's correct. No mess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And they said, that's fine, as long as you stay at home and watch your VeggieTales. And I said, of course, mother. And now I believe everything that, not necessarily the Pope, but that our Christian political leaders want me to believe. The Christian right is a facade. And is not, and it is a poor excuse for faith. You should have just said, "Mom, Dad, I don't think I can watch Veggie Tales anymore. That Larry the Cucumber gives me impure thoughts." You wish. I wish it was a funny little joke, but no, Veggie Tales, you fucked up. You're rooting. <laughs> if the only problem was that Larry the Cucumber reminded me of a wiener, and I thought that was hot. We're doing VeggieTales all day, baby. <sighs> Unfortunately, that is not the case. I don't have a I don't have a second transition away from VeggieTales. Hey guys, speaking about vegetables, these motherfuckers are just squeezing not roots but gravy in to make it thinner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well done. We start this episode in Dario's office, where Dario is putting his roof back together. Which, we now know, Dario is a self-starter. However, aforementioned just previously, never do hard manual labor after chugging a glass of thin gravy. No, that's for true. That's not even, we have a lot of fun jokes here. Famously, I am a big fan of the Christian right. All the VeggieTales stuff was just a bit. But it's very, yeah, it's... Seeing Dario work is always strange, especially like I thought he was putting his roof back together from last week where Mill drilled Matanza through the roof to death. But he's looking around. I think he, he's hiding. Some, it looks more like he's hiding something up there. He has like one of those like little roofs. They had, used to have them in school where you could kind of like yeah. push up on it and you put something in there. Uh, we used to hide porno mags uh, at my dad's house. Every single kid. Like, why have okay. those type of ceiling with teenage anyone? Because they Thank will you. hide contraband up there. But yeah. I think <laughs> the temple staff are like, we'll redo the roof. We are not redoing the ceiling. Here are the little block rectangles. Put those in yourself. Hmm. Maybe, maybe on a third watching, because it really looked like he was specifically looking around. But that's also Dario. Dario's like, he's a slimy when he's not slimy. Yeah. Like, even when he's not doing anything very sneaky, he's spent his whole life covering himself in slime. He's just kind of always slimy. So who's to, who knows at this point? What we do know is that Katrina is here. Last time they saw each other, they were yelling war back and forth in what is possibly my favorite end to a television show ever. So all things being considered, they're being very professional right now. They professionally disagree on who destroyed who, but there is no denying Matanza is still Lucha Underground champ. Katrina accuses Dario of fearing Mill and risks his own destruction by denying the rematch. And Dario fucking laughs. Which is just such a sharp contrast to, again, scared little boy Dario. The first time I felt Dario was fully human, watching his brother get beat up by Mill last week. Now he's back to, like, laughing at Katrina's face and, and admitting. He's like, Dario says, yeah, Mill is scary, but my key beats your rock any fucking day. I love rock key Spock. Now, what is rock key Spock? It's an amalgamation of rock, paper, scissors, what you uh -huh. just said, and the Big Bang Theory, you know, like rock, paper, scissors, lizard Spock. Oh, okay. And the whole universe is in a deep, dank space. Um, 
I don't know all the lyrics to the Big Bang Theory theme, but I really thought I did. just make them up, man. Do what I do. Say, like, in a deep, dark space, everyone lived, and then a big old bang happened, and now they're hanging out in an apartment building. Ooh, mm-hmm. nipples out! Well, perfect. That's why I wanted it. That's Yep, exactly. Uh, Katrina smiles at the key, by the <laughs> way. There's some, like, she takes, there's a moment, and the camera even catches it, where it's like, we're in an argument, but yeah, I'm looking at that key. I want that power. Fuck fear. Dario makes the match next week. It's going to be Mill versus Matanza. And you know what? Well, you do it in Mill's specialty match. Grave Consequences. The Lucha Underground version of a casket match. Which I said to that, no, if you're not afraid, make it a handicap match, needle dick. Let Mill have someone on his team if you're not afraid. Wait, why? No, well, no, that, that's just cheating. Wait, why would you? And then if it's a two-on-one match, first of all, And we'll get to who Mill's partner would be in this scenario. But you have to wonder if Mill's partner pins Matanza, do they become the Lucha Underground champion? It's all for Mill. Why not? That's bullshit. I would hate that. It's a handicap match. Like, oh, I'm worshiping Mill? We were just talking about the Christian right. You better believe if Jesus was in the ring against Roman Reigns and then, you know, I uh, uh, Tucker Carlson pins him. Tucker Carlson's going to give the belt to Jesus Christ. Yeah, but, uh, well, okay. We do have a brand new, and we'll get into him, a goon to be by the right side of Mill. So we do have a Tucker Carlson character. That being said, even if he wasn't Tucker Carlson, if he was just a wrestler and I didn't know who Tucker Carlson was, I would still fucking not at all even boo this guy. I would just want him out of my company because who the fuck are you? You're just Jesus's fucking right hand guy. You have no personality, Deborah. Get the fuck out of my ring. I, I'm totally fine with this. And also, it wouldn't be on Mill's right hand. He wouldn't be a right-hand man. It's the left-hand path, baby. Oh, is that a Satanism thing? Yeah, dude. Cool. Who's trying to call me right now? <laughs> like on, on Messenger yeah. or something. Odd. Very odd. Very odd-ish. Oddish, oddish. And then Gloom fucking is very high, and that's cool, too. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> Also, real quick, mm-hmm. is it a four-way match? Let's finish off because I, I was confused as well. Katrina says, Dario, you're braver than I thought. I accept. And Dario says, let's raise the stakes one more time. Instead of two coffins, which I don't think, I think there's only ever one coffin, but there is going to be four coffins. Maybe it's Russian nesting coffins. You have to get him in the first one, <laughs> then drag it over into the second one. All four have to be mm-hmm. closed in order for it to work. Yeah. And if one doesn't close, Tucker Carlson comes in uh-huh. and he's very disappointed. But nobody really cares because who the fuck cares about Tucker Carlson? And one of the coffins is a baby coffin. So it's like, oh, oh, no. I don't know how I'm going to fit Mill in there, but that's where the rock goes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, we know to be clear, which the, the rock. rock. Katrina's the rock. Yes, yeah, you no, guys know which the we rock. We don't know which the rock I'm talking about. Ah, I think the four coffins. I don't think they're in the match. I has took it as the managers will be buried alongside their clients. Oh, if ooh. Mill loses, they're just gonna throw Katrina in the coffin, and if Matanza will be Dario. I okay. think that's. There's another one here. Um, actually, even the end of the episode. A little confusing. Honestly, they have so many threads going on, and we'll kind of talk about it. What is this, meta? 
No, this is better. As in, you better, you better, you bet that every match tonight will be for an ancient Aztec medallion, as explained at the desk. We were watching real quick, speaking of mm-hmm. baby coffins. Yeah, baby. We were watching Demon Witch Child. We Love Trash did a watch along of it. And it's just the Exorcist, but a Mexican version of it. It's okay. wild and crazy. But they straight up like sacrifice a baby in it. And like they, there's a baby funeral and you just see the baby casket. Nicole and I are mm-hmm. blazed just so high. And Nicole goes, man, this is really fucked up. <laughs> For the record, when we were talking earlier about what I found to be the only good one-fifth of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, it is the section where Larry the Cable Guy sacrifices a child Uh (laughs) to Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, I thought he did it for a talking car. Uh, It was Jeff Foxworthy disguised as a talking car to become Mater. Please let me become Mater. Give me a career, Jeff. If I become Mater, can I fuck Christine? (laughs) (laughs) that would have been a good movie i would have watched cars if that was the movie damn you know there's rule 34 of that yeah but then i remembered i I don't i don't want to hear later the cable guy coming ever (gasps) marty the moth martinez versus the mac is the opening match tonight this again every match tonight is for an ancient aztec medallion and it starts out with striker saying hey let's take it over to the most precious jewel of all Melissa Santos, which I said she is a precious jewel. When it goes to precious jewels, it goes Emerald Lugosi, Melissa Santos, and mm. then Singer Jewel. I was about to ask. Now hold on a minute, because Jewel, I don't, I didn't follow, I didn't keep up with her career very much, but I liked her for a while. Man, if you listen to Pieces of You, that song, mm-hmm. I think it's the third or fourth one. Oh boy, oh boy. She's just like sing yeah. screaming the F slur and it's oh. wild. Oh, maybe I don't. Uh. It's for like, she, because she's saying like, hey, people you criticize, like you can find a piece of them in you. So like you're yeah. just criticizing what you are. So, okay. So it makes sense. But like for the way in which she's singing this and like elongating the like A, it's wild. It's, yeah. Okay. I think we talked about this on Shuffling the Deck. (laughs) How often? We might have to do a Jewel podcast after our. No. what is it? It's going to be Hel- Sanyo and... Sanrio and Avril Lavigne. Yeah, after that, it might have to be Jewel and... Um, the Mask. Angry Beavers. <laughs> okay. Oh, The Mask. I like The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marty the Moth Martinez versus The Mac. As a quick recap, these guys have been going at it for weeks, for uh, months now, after Marty and his sister Mariposa kidnapped sexy star, The Mac's best friend. We'll talk about that later because that plays into the end of the episode tonight. Mm -hmm. Initially, I said Marty's losing this because that will further propel him down into darkness. And I Mm -hmm. think that's better for his storyline if he loses. I think I I agree with that. I agree with that with Marty. I don't know if I agree with that with Mariposa, but I'm I'm jumping ahead of myself. Uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, Marty, it's weird. We said it before, he is a Nepo child. Like, his family comes from gratuitous wealth. The character. The character, that is. The moth, so much wealth that watching him lose and slip, he he gets more motivation. The show's barely started, by the way. Marty's in the ring before, like, as we're at the desk. Like, as we're doing that opening in Dario's office, Marty has been in the ring this whole time just 
breathing in behind Melissa Santos. Fucking Marty. God damn it. I love him. Uh, <laughs> Mac comes in immediately. No love lost. Just dumps him out immediately before to uh, Tope Santaning. Poor, sweet, creepy-ass Marty. Rolls Marty back in for a vertical suplex into a Northern Light suplex into a German. Real quick. Hey, wrestlers out there. How do you not make a German suplex, not leave your opponent just a dangly neck? Like, it seems... Yeah. Uh, the Some wrestling moves, I'm like, uh, how do you make this safe? I mean, that's... Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> every time, like, you'll, like, be scrolling on TikTok or something, and I'll see, like, you know, real wrestlers doing... Because every now and then, like, an amateur wrestler will get, like, a German suplex in on someone. And you're like, oh, right, that shit is... A real move. Mm -hmm. That's not like that's not like the Bronco. You would you be surprised to hear? I've never seen a Bronco Buster where they shove their junk in someone's face running at top speed. Uh, I've never seen that. Now, when you say amateur wrestler, you mean Olympic style wrestling? Yes. Okay. I've never seen a Bronco Buster at the Olympics. Uh, to group that in as amateur wrestling, I think if we have any Olympic style wrestlers out there, they're gonna be pretty pissed. Oh, sorry about sorry, Kurt Angle. I know Kurt's a big fan. I know. I, I, I totally. I grew up just referring to his amateur wrestling, and that's not correct. My apologies. Because you can be a professional wrestler doing that. Doing uh, Olympic style wrestling. Yeah, if you're in the Olympics, you are making money doing it. Technically, I think you have to be. I forget what the rules. I thought there was a while. I mean, obviously, because the NBA players play. You're at getting the sponsorships if you're on like the Wheaties box. All of that, you would be yeah. making money off from that. However. You need sponsors regardless of if it's a company sponsoring you or just people sponsoring you to get mm -hmm. you to where you need to go for the Olympics. But you are mm -hmm. still making money, maybe yeah. not in the sense that it pays all my bills, but I wouldn't call it amateur wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling. I think you're right. I'm curious. Reach out to us if you are an Olympic or Greco-Roman freestyle wrestler. I grew up calling it amateur wrestling compared to professional wrestling. Not like, not that it's like, oh, you're amateurs. Just like, that's the distinction. Okay. I'm happy to be wrong. Uh, reach out to us. Yell at it. You get to tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, but I'll reach out to Sean. He is incorrect. I'm defending tell your art style. incorrect. We don't know. You thought Blue Collar Comedy Tour was a good comedy special. I said okay? two-fifths was good, which is the same stuff you liked, which was Ron White. And then because Ron White's there at the end on the stools, that's the two-fifths. Yeah, also the part where Larry the Cable Guy murders a baby for Jeff Foxworth. Oh, man, and they bring out that baby coffin. And uh, yeah, it's got yeah. the ladies coffin. <laughs> because now when you, when a woman sees a baby be oh, murdered man. in sacrificed blood, it just Too gets Jeff them going. Oh, baby. Because they're like, now I yeah. need to have a baby to sacrifice to Satan. So maybe my husband can become a car. If you get your cooter all juiced up watching a baby get sacrificed to me, you might be a redneck. Yeah. Get her done. <laughs> Why? <laughs> He's a, Jeff Foxworthy yeah. has started like that's him being PC is like, to me, <laughs> you might be a redneck. <laughs> In my personal opinion. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Max stands Marty back up. Marty gets a dropkick in. He finally starts getting into this match. Takes off his shirt to throw it at Melissa Santos in the worst way possible. Marty, stop. 
Yeah, because he peed on it first. He he peed on it first, and it still wasn't the creepiest part about the way he took this shirt off. I guess we should be specific. He tried to pee on it, but couldn't muster up any. Ah, because his shirt's yellow. Mustard. I get it. No, I was Uh. just saying he couldn't he couldn't pee. Yeah, I also real quick. I was watching Allison Kay, who is a wrestler. She's on Twitch. Recommend the follow. She's amazing. She was watching. Do you remember Tough Enough, the reality show? I remember the name. It was a reality competition show, essentially to get a job at the WWE. Ooh. This was before NXT. And this was like a big, it was a, yeah, it was a big reality show through MTV. And I think it's season three or four. And I didn't recognize him. I'm like, who is this Martin guy? Spoilers. He, he gets injured and he has to like remove himself from the competition. And it's fucking heartbreaking because this dude loves it. Like, there's a lot of people who come through, like, I don't know, I was always kind of a jacked guy, and I figured this is easier than a real job, and they get their asses kicked. That wasn't this Marty guy. Martin was like, I love this, I'm dedicated to this, I'm improving every week, and like, and I'm here not just for myself, but for wrestling as a whole. And to see him get injured, I was fucking heartbroken. And then Allison's like, well, but he landed on his feet, you know, he got that job at Lucha Underground. And I'm like, wait, excuse me? And they're like, yeah, that's Marty Casal. Maybe you know him as Marty the Moth. And I'm just like, what the? F-? I was very excited. So it's like, at least on reality TV, you can see how much he loves it. And like how much what he's doing, like even the little things of popping off his shirt and being an absolute creep. He's doing it from this place of love for the art form and the medium of professional wrestling. And I'll fuck it. You love to see people love what they're doing. I I don't know why you just it's just it's just beautiful. Um, so Marty's a creep. That's why people love seeing me eat chili beans on stream because you love it. I love it. We're doing it for the forum, baby. Exploder suplex into the buckle. Marty onto uh, Mac. He only gets a two fall. Mac eventually fights out of Marty's sleeper hold, spinning heel kick to body slam to leg drop. Brother, dude, that's a two count. Mac hits a stunner. Shit, crowd starts chanting, one more time, one more time. I forgot he did this. It's an F5 where he puts you on the shoulders and spins you out. But instead of just dropping you on the ground, he F5s you into a stunner. So the F5 to stunner pins Marty. One, two, three, three minutes, 46 seconds. Mac claims the fourth ancient Aztec medallion. Man, Stryker couldn't believe it. Vampiro couldn't believe it. Even that guy in the crowd that they went to real quick couldn't believe it. That guy lost his mind. And one last note on this. Marty's on top of Mac and Vampiro goes, oh, man, Mac doesn't want any of that creepy grease on there. Hey, guys, I don't want any grease. Creepy, sexy, sterile, doesn't matter. Grease ain't hitting me, okay? What about greased lightning? No. Can I park my car on top of you? Maybe if you sacrifice a baby first. Get her done. (laughs) In the locker room, Katrina confronts King Cuerno for fucking up their deal. As a reminder, at the beginning of the season, Mill was the champion. King Cuerno won the Gift of the Gods title belt. And there was this arrangement that King Cuerno would not cash in against Mill. It gets kind of funky. Eventually, he loses it to Phoenix. And that's kind of the beginning of the downfall of Mill was King Cuerdo going back on their deal and basically saying, no, I'm going to go for this. Mm-hmm. Katrina and King Cuerdo, no more, no longer allies. She straight up tells them, no more gift of the gods for you because tonight you're wrestling my new disciple, well, my old disciple, 
Sinestro de la Muerte, who was the guy who ate the other disciples' hearts for power last week. Or two weeks ago, excuse me. And I'm going to say that again. He ate their hearts, the beating hearts of their bodies. He took out and consumed. Oh, he ate them too? Well, I guess not physically, but he definitely consumed them. He absorbed them in some way. Oh, maybe he has little hands like in Biohunter. You know that lady, like when someone's grabbing mm. her boobs from behind yeah, yeah. and then her boobs open up into a huge mouth and chomp off the dude's arm. Oh, I have not seen Biohunter, but that just shot to the top of my list. That sounds amazing. You need to come over because Corey and I yeah. reviewed it for This Existed, and Nicole's never seen it, and she's like, that just sounds so cool. It's just a bunch yeah. of weird body horror, and yeah, yeah, it's right up both your alleys. Now, is that cool? Now, the last time I came over, you showed me the blue collar comedy tour, which is is a different kind of body horror. Okay, I'll take it. Man, they were (laughs) looking like dads in that movie. Hell yeah. I'm not going to harp on this for too long. I hope you know I did have an absolute blast being an absolute hater. Yeah, no, I I even said it up top is like, I'm going to be a hater, but I'm going to have a really good time hating on these guys. Because you are coming at it like, this fucking sucks instead of like, look at this piece of trash. Like there's a difference in way of saying something to convey you're Mm. having a fun time. I don't believe in conveying having a fun time. I believe in just having a fun time and thrusting it comes out. That being said, I still need to listen to the episode. King Cuerno says no, by the way. Fuck you, Katrina. I'm not scared of you. I'm not standing for your shit anymore. Tonight, your disciple is my prey because he is standing between me and that medallion. No more deals, no more alliances. I'm here to do what I do, which is hunt my prey and get my championship belts. If Mill wins that title again, me, King Cuerno, I'm taking it. And Mill's carcass will be my most prized possession. Because the hunt, big motherfucking sniff, is on. Okay, the direct quote at the end was, Mill's rotting carcass will be the most prized possession in my trophy room, which horrorcore rappers out there, take note of that. That is detailed. It tells a story in just Mm -hmm. one line, and you're like, wow, yeah, that's violence, baby. Honestly, good call. That's a, yeah, horrorcore rappers, improvisers, any storytellers. I had a meeting with a, a, a dear old friend of mine who was putting together a stand-up set. And like one of the notes I wanted to give her it was say less with more confidence. If you can say like, obviously he says so many things in just a few amount of words by using details. That's kind of what I mean in that sense where you can say less, you can use less words if the words you use are more detailed and you can be more confident because you've got those details to kind of back you up. I was distracted. Thank you for catching that, uh, the rotting carcass line, because it's beautiful. And I was distracted by how much the hunt big sniff is on again. This is a, we're talking about catchphrases. This is all timer. It's my favorite gift that you've ever created. It's just, he smell, I don't know why King Cuerno smelling Katrina is like the best thing I've ever seen on television, but get fucked, MASH finale. You'll never be as good as King Cuerno sniffing Katrina. I'm sorry. He's sniffing like a cat does whenever you open a window. Yes. If you haven't seen that, guys, when you open a window and the breeze starts rolling in, a cat will just go. Oh, it's very. You guys can't see it, but James is being adorable yet again. Butter was doing it last night when I opened up the window. It was very cute. Hell yeah. 
Katrina is not being very cute. She does not like this. However, she does maintain control, even though her eyes are glowing red. I don't know if we've ever seen her eyes glow red before. Is she a crite? She might be a, what is a crite? From critters, that's what those critters oh. are called. Okay, she's more like a Christ in that I, I've seen her once on VeggieTales. Also, real quick, because famously, Jesus' eyes glue red when he was resurrected. Yep. And starts shooting laser beams out just like Superman. Yeah, yeah. Peter, the rock of the church, Peter, that wasn't a man. That was a rock. Sean, there's a famous rock. Like, he moves a rock when he gets uh -huh. resurrected. Yeah, but Peter was also known as the rock. Oh, okay. Dwayne yeah. Johnson, baby. Yes, Dwayne the Apostle Johnson mm -hmm. loves Lucha Underground, and so do we. As we cut back to Dario's office, Sexy Star is here for a meeting. As she enters, Dario assures Sexy that he respects her. And she is scared. She is looking down. And Dario recognizes this look. And he begins relating to Sexy. How he recognizes that look he sees in her. Dario's mother, my mother, she was an evil bitch, he explains. Well, he says, how do I put this? Oh, yeah. She was a stupid head. <laughs> it's so That's a callback from last week. It is. Uh, it's very good. Well done. He explains to Sexy that he and his brother were captives to her sick desires comparing this to what Mariposa and Marty did to Sexy. And he picks up the Red Bull, which we were wondering about in season one. We got an answer to what the significance of the Red Bull is in season two. And even though he doesn't go into all the details of murdering his mother using that Red Bull, he does explain that she didn't stop until he and his brother stood up to her. And that's what Sexy needs to do to Mariposa tonight which is why Dario has booked the two of them into a no mas, or I quit, which is not the translation, but it's the same match stipulation. Red Bull, give your mama a ding. Beautiful, beautiful, fuck. Cut the rest of the episode out, only isolate that and repeat it 5,000 times. Well, that would be very long. Perfect, they, they deserve, they, you beautiful listeners, you deserve a very long episode. At the very end, just a, just one little get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Sexy agrees to the match. She's on board. Dario has one last little piece of advice. Once Mariposa says no mas, that's when you keep going. To take away the look of terror in her eyes, Sexy must put that same look in Mariposa's eyes. Interesting, interesting moment of benevolence, I guess, from Dario here. They're, like, he doesn't really, I don't know what he has to gain from violence. Sexy and Mariposa. But to what end? For the temple? Sure. Yeah. I feel like if he wanted just violence, you could get that from Mariposa. Like, why align yourself with Sexy? That would be me saying, hey, Nicole, if you really want to, let's say, like, we go to a high school reunion and one of her old bullies, I won't say this woman's name. I'm mm. like, you know what, Nicole, if you really want to get back at her, like push her on the ground, hold her down and piss on her. Hell yeah. Which you would say to Nicole. Yeah. And guess what? Oh, why would James want that? Because I want to fucking see that. That's why. Okay. But also, of course, you're going to align with Nicole. Nicole, you and Nicole is less like Dario and Sexy, more like Trina and Mill. You okay. are the Katrina. Nicole is the Mill. I, I would also say like, hey, you want to know what would really get her back is if like you forced her to pee on your face. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I still also want to see that. 
All right. <laughs> All right. But the point, but, but that I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because Dario has so many st fires going and because he is, he has so many, in addition to admittedly, yes, just being kind of a violence perv. I don't want to take that motivation away from him, but to see him aligned with a baby face like this and to see him like help out sexy star, like it's curious. I think you have to question his motives. It might just be, he's a violence perv and that's okay. But I think you do need to question it because he so often has an ulterior motive. And, and he does have so many things going on. It could be something as simple as Mariposa could be here to take down Dario. He's fucking things up for all the tribes. That makes sense. That could be. Dario says about taking her down and like keep going. He says, trust me, it works. Which is, mm -hmm. I have some alts for this, Dario okay. saying that about his recent venture into buying into Amway products. <laughs> Him saying okay. that about the cheat codes that'll let you play as Luigi in Mario 64. Oh, now he's just lying. Oh, or no. the health benefits of Jankum. Wait, I, I think I remember what Jankum is, but I not. Yeah, you know what? I agree. Definitely Jankum. Then we move on. It's Querno versus the guy who absorbed hearts. Now I have to Google Jankum after this episode. <laughs> uh, Sinestro de la Muerte versus King Querno is up next. Yes. Vampiro reminds us all, all of us casuals, that yes, this history is beautiful. There is culture in this and it's beautiful, but it's also violent. And you need to respect that, you fucking nerds. He doesn't call us fucking nerds, but I read that. Cuerno lights up Sinestro immediately with dropkicks, as Vampiro reminds us that neither man fears violence nor pain. I fear violence and pain. I'm scared. Oh, I'm so that's why that's why we're not in the temple, James. We're just we're just silly little podcast boys. It'd be so easy for Freddy Krueger to find something to do to me in a dream. Oh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Or should I say nightmare? Ooh, I woke up. I woke up in a dead sweat last night, just remembering my father. Like, it was one of those, like, it almost, it could have become a nightmare, and I was just like, oh, I have a dad. Oh, right. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's a weird, you, you ever just wake up from, like, a pre-nightmare? I mean, I have so many nightmares. <laughs> that's fair. That's true. I just, I never had that where it's like, it didn't even get a chance to become a nightmare. It was just a reminder. Sean, you have a dad. <gasps> but Sean, we, we have 13 minutes. Chops against the ropes. They seem to start waking Sinestro up. Uh, and, uh, stays, real quick about uh, those yep. chops. This is my only note mm -hmm. for this this match. Okay. When Cuerno says shush to the crowd, he's also saying that to commentary, okay? Striker yeah. Vampiro, shut up when he says shush. Honestly, that's kind of the whole point about these chops is that it's very quiet so that we can hear the pop against the chest. So yeah, shut the fuck up, Matt Striker. Thank you for listening to this podcast, though. Cuerno, uh, they seem to wake Sinestro up, but Cuerno sees a step ahead, throwing Sinestro out of the ring. Cuerno calls for his signature tope, the arrow from the depths of hell. However, Katrina smacks him with the fucking rock right behind the referee's back. St. Peter himself. Sinestro is back up, springboard guillotine leg drop for the win, 1 minute 44 seconds. The fifth ancient Aztec medallion goes to Sinestro de la Muerte, while fucking King Cuerno gets to visit the Pearly Gates. How you doing, St. Peter? Boo. Uh, lick of death, as is the custom for Katrina's victims. And an extra little shot from the rock to, to push home how much 
Cuerdo fucked shit up. Very interesting. We go to the gym now where Masquerita Sagrada is pumping weights. As Famous B's music starts playing and then he enters, which I love that. I love that his music plays before he enters. It's just, it's a nice little bit. Also, the music is very Price is Right themey. I never mm-hmm. really picked up on that until now. B hopes that Masquerita's ready because he just set up the biggest match of the century. I think this was during, this got set up during uh, Aztec Warfare that uh, Famous B would start representing Masquerita Sagrada. Oh, no, and the week afterwards, they met in the gym to kind of confirm that. B's got Masquerita set up for this huge match. Not only is this going to be a star-making match for you, Sagrada, but your opponent already has an Aztec medallion, and they agreed to put it on the line. So stop stalling and start balling. Masquerita Sagrada is stoked, puts on his cape, and exits with Famous B. Yeah, get ready, get famous, go. But before we do, we got to hit Dario's office one last time, as Dario is simply too busy to deal with Chavo's bullshit. Chavo enters. Dario doesn't even look up from his desk. He's just like, what? And Chavo's like, well, why don't I have a match for a medallion? And Dario tells him, you don't deserve one. And Chavo is very shaken by the bluntness of this answer. But Dario, to his credit, lists all the opportunities Chavo has been given and has failed to capitalize on. So Dario's done giving them to him. My only note for this was you mentioned your lack of one previously. Chavo, Mm -hmm. this is a request. This is legitimate. Be our dad. Chavo, please be my dad. If I had a dream last night and I remembered that Chavo was my dad, that would not have been a nightmare at all. I would have been like, oh boy, here comes the best dream ever where I remembered how dad Chavo is. Or upon waking up and realizing that's not reality, is that the nightmare? That's the waking nightmare. That's actually a problem. Yeah, if I if I have a dream where Chavo's my dad and I wake up and I have to live the nightmare of Chavo not... Chavo, you need to be my dad to save me from this waking nightmare of you not being our dad. Does that make sense? Do we sound normal? We're, we're super normal people. Yeah. Ask Justin Borden. He'll verify we're <laughs> normal. Borden is our reference for it to being normal good sons. And everyone's talking about, oh, everyone needs a father figure. Yeah, that's normal. Be our dad. Be our dad, Chavo. (laughs) We'll tell you about scripts we wrote, Chavo. (laughs) Over family dinner. I will clean out your bags for you. You'll never have to touch shit in a bag again. We'll do that for you. And guess what? Listen to the last 50 episodes of this show, not only to get to know us, but to understand what he just said. Yep, that's true. (laughs) Chavo takes this as a challenge to seize the opportunity regarding never capitalizing. So he says no problem before leaving as Dario scoffs in his office. Famous B interrupts Melissa Santos before she can introduce the next match. He comes out of the top of the ramp. He says, my hotline, 423 Get Fame, has been blowing up. So here's my card. Let me introduce my new client, accompanied by Brenda, Masquerita Sagrada. Famous B, Brenda, and Masquerita Sagrada, they're really building something here. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I wonder who his opponent is. Cut to the gang dies to cage as it's always sunny in Philadelphia music plays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got to get one of those famous B business cards. Just throwing that out there. I would absolutely love that. Like, 
it's always sunny in Philadelphia bit aside. It, they really, there's something very exciting here. Famous B is playing with the crowd. He's like, hey, he's handing out business cards. He's plugging the phone number as he's introducing Masquerita Sagrada. But he's not taking away from Masquerita Sagrada. I like this trio together. Famous B is the type of agent I aspire to be. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I'm getting Sean, even though I know he's comedic. He does comedy stand up. I should be getting him those roles. But instead, I You're somehow. You're booking me to fight Cage. No, no, I got you <laughs> a job on, on like yeah. season six of Succession. And also, before I can get to my dressing room, I have to beat Cage in a taser match. No. James, you say no, but every time I show up on set, there is Brian Cage, and he knows who I am, and he's going to fight me. James, I've, I've, I've had to flee from several different... I haven't been able to be on Chicago PD for weeks because Cage beat me in a bull rope match. Brian Cage is ruining my acting career, and I'm sick of it. Hey, well, Cage, that's not on me. Cage, you're interrupting with... This is not SAG-approved. Brian Cage showing up to sets and kicking my ass. And I would like to speak to a union rep. Thank you very much. But it is director's <laughs> guilt approved. It is director's guilt. <laughs> Marty Scorsese loves to watch Cage kick my ass. He loves the dailies. <laughs> oh That's how God. Succession Season 7 got <laughs> renewed, just by the dailies. Just by the dailies of Cage whooping. Also, like, not on set. I'm not in costume. This is behind the scenes footage, uh, as far as anyone's concerned. Yeah, well, I mean, this is just punked, but for civilians. It's candid camera. They're revamping it, disguised as Succession Season 6. Melissa Santos introduces Cage. I love my, I love this reaction. Mascarita immediately starts praying and gets some last-minute push-ups in. She's like, oh, fuck, dude. The temple, we talk about the, how good the temple fans are and how, like, dedicated they are. How quickly they jump into the please don't kill him chant. Mm-hmm. I, oh, that's such a good, more wrestling fans. We need that one. We need that one to come back. We need more. Please don't kill him. I wrote down when the, when he was introduced, Cage has to lose, right? Oh, boy, yeah, oh boy. James, you're an optimist on everything you're, besides your own life. Yeah, which is so funny because you're also a huge Cage fan. Masquerita plays it quick though. Like, I, and to be fair, Masquerita as someone who watches a lot of wrestling content, they talk a lot. A lot of people talk a lot about if you're going to book someone to lose, they can get a lot of offense. In. They they don't have to look weak the entire match. And I think Masquerita does a great job of this. Mm -hmm. It's a very short match, but Masquerita takes to the fight immediately. Their psychology as he attacks Cage's legs. At one point, he does. He double. He drop kicks him into the corner, climbs the top rope, flies for the crossbody, but gets caught as Cage is like apologizing before setting him up for the F10. Mm -hmm. Brenda screams, my baby, as Masquerita's midair. Cage pins Masquerita Sagrada in 50 seconds. Yeah, the, my baby! Yeah. It was a lot. It was rough. It was sad. It was beautiful. Which felt not infantilizing. The way in which she said it sounded no. sexual, not infantilizing, which is why I was like, that's a good line. It's a good line. I mean, honestly, everything about this 50 second, like, it's more of a segment than a match, but it was it's still great. But it led up to the greatest line read in any wrestling that I've ever seen. So let's talk about it. After the match, Cage is a good guy now. 
So he's checking on his opponent. He doesn't want to murder Masquerita Sagrada anymore as he wants to defend his medallion. So he's checking on Masquerita, making sure he's okay. Famous B and Brenda enter the ring to check on their client. Everyone's checking on Masquerita Sagrada. And nobody notices Chavo Guerrero out of nowhere slipping into the ring. I'm, I'm sitting here expecting like, oh, he's going to attack Cage. No. He doesn't even tell Cage he's there. He yoinks Cage's medallion and slips back out. Cage doesn't even understand it. He's, he's still explaining, hey, sorry about that, Famous B. It was just business. As Famous B says, there's a B after it was taken, and then he just points towards Chavo and goes, you got robbed. What do you mean? I won. And he's like, no, you got robbed. And then Chavo's just scurrying away. Yeah, he, that's when he points to Chavo. Cage turns around. He's like, son of a bitch. It is... This is some this is some Looney Tunes ass shit, and I fucking oh I love it. I love seeing both. Like it's one thing to see like a wrestler like being comedically cast into this Looney Tunes type shit, but to get Chavo, who is just a just a wily veteran of a villain, and Cage, who is fucking Cage, yeah. involved in this Looney Tunes. It's I love it. I simply love it so much. Next match, which we gotta get through it a little quick. Sure, this is the no mass match. For the, and I'm curious, I'm not totally sure about, this This is for, is this for an Aztec medallion? Yes, I believe so. So this is the sixth Aztec medallion. Yeah, this is why the Mac and Sexy spoilers embraced each other at the end. All right, cool. Because I was a little, great. Yep, this is the no mass match. Striker runs down the history of I quit matches. Include, if you're, and if you're not familiar, the rule, the only way to, there are no disqualifications uh, there are no pinfalls. There are no submissions. The only way to win an I quit match is by your opponent audibly saying I quit. What about knocking them out? Nope. Oh. I mean, I guess in that sense, the referee can call it off. Okay. But it is very, very frowned upon. Like these are, I quit matches are huge feud enders. And Vampiro even says, uh, he, he mentions that he's never participated in this kind of match. He'd rather die than say, I quit. Which, in my case, I always say no more, especially while editing a sleepy Sean last week. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> and I do like that ma- That Striker brings up the Mick Foley rock I quit match, which is the beginning of the end of Mick's in-ring career. If any of you have heard or seen the, uh, the documentary Beyond the Mat, um, this, is, this gets featured in there. It's also this... If you ever hear reference to unprotected chair shots, there's a famous uh, Mick Foley has his handcuffs tied behind behind his back and Rock just starts laying in these brutal chair shots to the head. Mick's family is in the front row. It's a very uh, exactly I when I saw that documentary, I'm like, wife being there makes sense. Children being there. No, you should have had the foresight and said, do not have them here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Scary ass shit, but it's and and speaks to again the the level of ending matches. It's funny, like cage matches nowadays don't really end feuds as much anymore. I quit matches, as far as I can tell. That's still like no, that's the end. Like if you if you're going to into an I quit match, there's no coming back from best of three. I quit match. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I you know what I want to see these chops that sexy has. Yeah, sure. Vampira, uh, my, uh, Mariposa takes an early advantage, body slam, quick leg drop. She's grinding down Sexy's spirit and will. Until Sexy finds an opening, couple of Bronco Busters, suplex and a half Boston Crab. 
Mariposa escapes. They're wrestling for a while until Mariposa, until uh, Mariposa is uh, guns for something. She gets dumped out of the ring and Sexy Star lands this tope crotch first to the face. They're fighting outside of the ring. This is, and there's nothing the referee can do. Again, all the referee can do is hold the microphone up to your mouth and ask you, do you quit? Eventually, Mariposa brings in a chair. She's choking Sexy out with a chair before chucking another one at her face. Ugh. And then she checks the third one. She's just throwing chairs. It's getting crazy. I feel so bad for the people because this is right up against the wall. I feel bad yeah. for the people in the back row up against that wall. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know who I feel bad for? Steely Dan. Because that it, that lovely jazz fusion prog rock band from the 1970s will now always be associated with um, slamming one, ta- one chair into another chair positioned between your opponent's legs. Because that's what, that's what Sexy Star does to Mariposa. And I don't know why Matt Stryker calls this the Steely Dan, but you know what? Sure, get a real Steely Dan. And at uh. this point, <laughs> Vampiro yeah. starts talking how Sexy is overcoming these odds right now is no longer like is going back to the original sexy star, which a lot of mm. people would say Stryker is the play by play guy and Vampiro's the color commentary guy. But I think it's more mm-hmm. so that he's like the kayfabe commentary or the psychological commentary of explaining these characters opposed to just what is happening as wrestlers. I mean, I think that's fair. I th- and I think that speaks more. It speaks to me to archetypes and to like certain things like where whatever you're doing when you're writing characters or anything, you can have certain archetypes of characters. This is the hero. This is the villain. This is the old man. But you don't want those archetypes to to constrict you. Like if, if there's something that like if you're writing something or you're creating something and you're like, oh, this character can't do that because that's not in their archetype. It can be. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, just because you're the play-by-play guy doesn't mean you can't speak to intention. You know, you just, like, you just kind of fill in your strengths. Matt Stryker, I think, under, I, I think really likes playing it to kayfabe and, store, and characters. Vampiro is an old-school guy and can speak to, like, the real parts. They're like the, the sort of in-between gray area of what is kayfabe and what is reality. Vampiro is great at that. So they can fill in those gaps for each other, not just the play-by-play and the color, you know, which is which is like they do a really great job of not letting their roles constrict them. They, it can define what it can define them. It can inform them, but it won't constrict them. And I now nah, this is I've, I've been thinking a lot about labels lately. And I think that's an important way to just go about life is like not letting your whatever labels you find you associate with, you know, don't let it you don't have to let it constrict you. Um, they're fighting around, they're fight, uh, sexy star, as Matt mentions, is sort of like, yeah, finding the old sexy, the fight, the spirit. She's dragging her up the steps. Mariposa ends up fighting her back. They're going up the stairs. They find their way to the top of the, to the roof above the announce desk Mm -hmm. when Marty the Moth shows up being a real fuck about it. (gasps) Eventually they fight him off. They get to the catwalk, which Mm -hmm. is the first time we've had wrestlers above the roofs. A second time. We've had we've had wrestlers. Oh, I believe it was Aerostar jumped from those on a group of luchadors in season one. I think you're right. 
which was fucking insane. This was also pretty grody. At some point up there in the in the uh, scaffold, Sexy Stark is busted open. Mm-hmm. And so and Mariposa spends a lot of time either dangling her off of the scaffold or choking her out with the guardrail. It's a brutal looking shot. And it's rain and blood from the rafters, which is if Slayer adapted Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. This is when Marty comes in after they get back down and they're on the roof. Max shows back up. He had a match earlier, but that's his friend out there. He's got to protect his friend. He takes it to Marty. Uh, eventually, Sexy and Mariposa, they fight back on the way down. Mariposa catches Sexy in this wheelbarrow before bouncing her head off the front of the announce desk. But Insane. Sexy still has fight. Mariposa still has fight, too, though. Uh, after Sexy throws a trash can into her head trash and can starts head. kicking her, Mariposa fights back, rolls her back in. Sexy escapes Mariposa's finishing technique, the butterfly wings, but runs into a clothesline and then gets tied up into a modified cloverleaf. This is the moment where Marty asks, and he's been asking this the whole time. Again, that's the only thing the referee can do is put a microphone to your mouth and ask, do you give up? So Marty Elias. Okay, thank you. You keep saying Marty while there's another Marty in there. So I'm like, wait, he was was asking this? Referee Marty Elias, thank you, asks Sexy, do you give up? And she fucking, and she screams, Fuck you, Mariposa, fuck you. (laughs) And takes her to Click Kick City. She does. Uh, Rear naked choke. Uh, Mariposa starts to fade, but Marty comes back uh, to break up the hold. Mac comes back in to clear Marty out. They're done for the night. Also, Marty starts wiping Sexy's blood on his face. Sexy locks in the arm bar after Mac takes out Marty, uh, the moth. Big armbar. Mariposa has no other option. She must admit no moss. Sexy Star wins the match at 15 minutes, 25 seconds. After the match, Sexy pushes Marty Elias down before taking Dario's advice, putting the armbar back on, dumps uh, Mariposa out of the ring, and this stare she has just through the blood, uh, like, this is done. If there was a Lucha Underground video game, this would have to be a variant, like a yeah. unlockable skin, because this is Godzilla-esque, like, oh, th- you've been mm-hmm. through some shit, if you know, like, Burning Godzilla from Versus Destroya, like, this mm-hmm. rules. This is the uh, the cha- the Goku chase figure of in the mid- after the fight on Namek with Frieza. Where mm-hmm. everything's torn and he's hit Super Saiyan for the first time. It's that level. It's, it looks amazing. Mac helps Sexy back up, gives her the medallion she won. You deserve it, Chance, as the credits fade us out. Ow. And that was Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. Uh, episode 15 of Season 2, No Moss. Uh, we'll jump into we'll jump into it. Hey, y'all know where to find me at twitch.tv slash Goose Von Kaiser. Also, make sure you uh, check out our Discord because, yeah, that's a, it's a great way for you to f- get a hold of my personal Discord and shoot me a message and tell me if I'm right or wrong about how shitty the blue collar comedy tour is. Do you guys like seeing Larry the Cable Guy sacrifice a baby to Jeff Foxworthy? That's where you tell me you do. Hey guys, head over to patreon.com forward slash MLM pod where for $5 a month you get exclusive content every single Friday. This Friday is the, another episode of The Citizens of Townsville Z. We're discussing Powerpuff Girls Z, the Japanese animation adaptation of Powerpuff Girls. And Corwin from This Movie's Gay will be the guest on that episode. And a $10 patron, you get all of that plus bonus exclusive content every month, which Sean will be coming over to discuss a vampire 
Vampiro movie, I think, on Friday or Thursday. Only if it has Jeff Foxworthy. Okay. Only if it has Jeff Foxworthy, of course. I'll I'll um, dub over it for you. Actually, <laughs> we, we might not be able to do that because I just realized I should have bought that DVD. So we'll figure out what we're doing. And then uh, you also get the blue collar comedy tour watch along, all of that stuff. Yeah. Plus, they call me Tater Salad. Plus, shout outs on every single free feed podcast. So let's begin with those starting with Steve F., Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour, Alex Z, The Waz, Orion, Jordan B., The Chaos Witch, my Bickle brother in common law, Joshua, Jakeus, Steve Barnes, a sweet child of time, and intro void, my mother, Lil Corey's BFF, and now former roommate Shane, that fed, twitch.tv forward slash core winning. It's Corwin and from the Rom Complex, as well as Formulaic, a podcast and script writing, it's twitch.tv forward slash R2Shelby2. And I've been James. And I've been Sean. Shouts out to Ron White, Purple Prancer Forever. This has been Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. Hopefully, those bye, 49ers bye. win today. Am I right, guys? We're recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah.